When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Up this morning with the sundown shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money? Oh, it's uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know you guys aren't privy to all the new, so uh, you know that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Oh, and welcome back to Jack's. I know. Craig Pappas on the board and in studio. S&P futures up nine. Nasdaq futures down six. We were up pretty much all last night. Now we're dipping here a hair, at least in the Nasdaq. Um, Greg, do you think there's ever been more stuff going on than? Uh, by the way, whenever you play that money Monday introduction, you should follow it up with a little Mama Cass. Ah, that's a good idea. Um, can't trust that day, right? I need to think, or I need to find that one so we can lay it down into uh, the program here. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think you're right about that. Can't trust that day. Good idea. Yeah. What was the, what was the other well, song where uh, one day the guy did something that he, Tuesday got depressed and he sets his sights on Wednesday? And what was, that was <laughs> a, it's, uh, that one isn't on here, but I think I can pull that on YouTube. That's uh, who? That's uh, yeah, who's that? Let's check it out. Um, the, uh, what, was also, I remember all the, the lyrics. I can't the remember. Monday the Monday Blues? I was, uh, I'm not sure who it was. Who was that? And I remember the singer, for God's sake. I probably got the album buried somewhere. <clears throat> um, anywho, uh, what do you make of all this? Let's, let's do a little bit of a review since, since you're here with me and uh, all the commodities here. And uh, gold had a huge move up on Friday. Now it's ducking a little bit today. It's yeah. down 11.80. It was up almost 50 bucks on Friday. Um, we've got oil sort of hanging in there, not really doing much. It's uh, 87.73. It was. At a high of 93 before it happened, went down to what 83. Now it's back up, sort of in the middle of it. I'd say the new range is now 83 to 93. The range is higher. I'd say that's more indicative of inflation than anything the Fed says or does. You can see between the dollar and the and the price of gold of really what's going on in the world much more than you can trying to read, you know, tea leaves or Fed notes. Well, I'm not one of these guys that say. Uh, you know, every, everything that's wrong is, is our fault kind of thing. Um, the Bengals? No, the... Manic uh, Monday? No. Um, it was, uh... I get so damn depressed. It was, uh... Gotta remember the We lyric. can do a lyric search. Yeah. Um, anywho, the... I just, um... I was reading some stuff this weekend, obviously, about the Mideast. 
and um, trying to catch up on some I of this. I think we bit. all have been. Yeah, well, I hope uh, we'll have Jan on in a bit, and maybe Michael pipe in because he has more of a knowledge of the thing. And I was, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that uh, <clears throat> we're necessarily at fault. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I try not to be a self-flagellant about this, um, but this whole idea when you are the lead currency, and for for at least three years now, maybe more like ten, Greg. Every time. I would mention any kind of uh, polite conversation, if there ever is, ever is any. The uh, we're we're degrading our dollar. Every um, person, I was going to say chimpanzee that I talked to, would say, "What are you talking about? <coughs> Look at the the euro. We're going up against the euro. We're going up against the pound." <coughs> that is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is going down versus any other any other commodity there is, not just commodity, anything that you buy. Your your dollar, your currency derives its value from its scarcity. This is classic currency theory. Despite how many people write stupid books regarding how it doesn't, you know, that was then and this is now, they are what they are. They're stupid books. I mean, I very rarely get that dogmatic, but they are stupid books. Stupid books. I'm saying, what I'm saying is the dollar, any currency derives its value from its scarcity, right? Right. So when you when you pour more in, thinking you're doing something, thinking you're being slick, as they say on the south side, all of a sudden it becomes less valuable. You can be slick until well anybody thinks the that crowd the, figures it out. That the market is up in the last four four years is absolutely correct in terms of the dollar. Is it up now, compared to how do you keep track of purchasing power? Well, that's supposedly your inflation number. We know this number is fake, but I'm saying if you look at the market versus uh, if you're going to pay for it in terms of new pickup trucks. Sister Golden Hair. There you go. Yeah. yeah. God, ooh, that was, uh, what was that? You've got to tell me what, what it was. Because it was I was set, some, set my sights on Monday. Yeah. I guess so I'm dressed. I ain't ready for the altar. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, tell you what, some of those old songs got some pretty good lyrics that apply today, wouldn't you say? <laughs> uh, but I'm saying if you, if, you, if you price the market in terms of Old, uh, new pickup trucks, it's not up, is it? Uh, well, the inflation in pickups is probably higher than the inflation that the Fed tells us, so... Yeah, I'm saying, but, but if, you, if you're... Our purchasing power has been lost. Yeah. You're, uh... I think your buddy's locked downstairs. We, we probably only opened, uh... Well, Kevin, that's Kevin. Sister Golden here. Yeah, Sister Golden here. Um, America was the name of the band. Yeah, I've got it here. I'm not sure why it's not playing. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Sure, Matt will be able to figure it out. Here he comes. The uh, what I'm saying is, it, it's not about that. So, I was looking at uh, who's who in the trying to find out who's who in the Middle East, and, and this this comes back. Why don't you change change spots, Greg? Come over here in your regular spot, and then we'll continue this conversation. But as I was reading about, you know, who, who all the players sort of are, and evidently, according to this article, it was a CNBC article, um, Hamas. Uh, Hamas, Greg, is the uh, essentially the, the, the stepchild of Hezbollah to a certain extent. And um, So it's like a different chapter. Well, Lebanon yeah, chapter. They're like the orphan kids. Lebanon although, chapter of... Uh, yeah, but Hezbollah is, is a serious organization. They evidently have done enough fighting. A political party yeah. and... and, and uh, an army, basically. Paramilitary, yeah. And evidently they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they've done enough fighting in Syria. They've done fighting in was Sudan or someplace. I mean, they're, they're ex- they have some experienced people. You know, they control a lot of Lebanon. 
Remember what? They, you don't remember. Yeah, they do Lebanon, Lebanon. Beirut used to be a tourist attraction. Right. Well, who the hell would go there now? Not no mo. No, but it, so I got a friend there right now. But it, but it, but it's relentless that the unemployment rate in Lebanon and the the recurrency, their interest, their uh, uh, inflation's like twenty some percent a year, and their currency's lost ninety percent of its value in the last three or four years. This this was you know who's a famous Lebanon person? Who? Market wise is a. Uh, Nassim Nicholas Talib. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as they announced that there was there was going to be some type of invasion of Gaza, he goes, "I'm going back." And then he quit tweeting or whatever, and he went back. And I guess now they're doing or he's doing his his thing there, so taking care of people or family or whatever. But but every, everybody thinks that the, the stuff we do and Europe does and Japan does and British. But somehow or another, when when we, when we sh- when we you know shake out the rag, the part at the end of the rag is these other countries. Their their currencies are going down too, but they can't pull it off like we can. They can't just print more because theirs theirs are being valued against somebody else's. So the stuff we've pulled in the last four to ten to fifteen to twenty years regarding debasing our currency right out right out of the Roman Empire's playbook and look where, look where those guys ended up. Um, is, is being felt by everybody. It's only being felt by everybody. And why, why don't we? Why don't we get it? Or maybe we don't want to get it. But Turkey's inflation is ninety percent. Oh uh, yeah. Did you, did you ever see a picture? That, book. Uh, look. Look on the computer so you can see easier. Look at a picture of their money supply. It, the money supply was up like ninety percent in the last year. Parabolic. Yeah. It's like. It's like you know what it is. You can't even. I mean, my vision's still pretty good. Try and count the amount of zeros. In the, in the amount of money in circulation in, in Turkey. They could be like the liver and take six zeros off the back of the thing and you'd never even notice. Hmm. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. But I mean, this, this stuff we're doing, we're, we're not just, we're, not, we're, we're trying to be slick here and we're not. And why, I don't understand why people in this country don't have no idea that they've just been fleeced for 40% of their wealth in the last four years. Now, if you're in the market, you got away with it. Okay. Well, if you're in let's bank, take a look at it in, in gold terms. I mean, if you go back what five years, what was it, twelve or thirteen hundred? Yeah. And so now it's two thousand or nineteen hundred, and so yeah, yeah. Um, the other commodities, eh, somewhat, but not so much. But if you look back to twenty ten or after the financial crisis, uh, what was it? It went from eight hundred to fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred. So now we're at two thousand. So. Well, it was it was crazy when I started when I started down here. 1980, 81, when they the big, uh, the delivery, the Brinks truck came up the street with all the silver in it for the Hunt Brothers. Hmm. But before your time. Yeah. But that was they, interesting. They tried to corner the market. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but then they it had, works until it doesn't. But then, they, then they had to deliver it. And they, and they did. Somehow they got all the silver out of where they got it. But just like, uh, just like printing money. It works till it doesn't. They cornered until they couldn't. I, I didn't realize that the Board of Trade was a delivery point. But it, 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 it got was. the big safe. Yeah, apparently it was. So anyway, but they do the safe this weekend. I think was part of the architectural tour, or maybe that was last. Really? Yeah, maybe one of these this past weekend or this coming weekend. Are they're doing the architectural tours here in the city? And one of the main stops for down here in the loop is the safe at the Board of Trade downstairs. Yeah, I don't. Uh, there's a when I when I was a Ute. Did he say Ute? Um, I did all my banking at First National of Evergreen Park. You I know, mean, it was a terrific place. They did everything, auto loans, you name it. Anybody who would, uh, they did mortgages. But more mortgages went to the savings and loan. 
they had this massive vault downstairs. And now that they sold the building, and the building... How the hell do you get one of those vaults out of the ground? You don't. In terms of the Board of Trade, you know, they've always had grand plans for the, the nice room that's downstairs, but it's been too hard to to repurpose because it's a vault. <laughs> You're, there's no AC, there's no HVAC, and there's no drilling in and out or making doorways and stuff. It's, it's kind of one-dimensional in that it was made for something. And well, the amount of safety deposit boxes at the Severine Bank place, there were hundreds and hundreds of them. What do you call right. those people up say, come get your stuff? Oh. And, then, and then, I don't know why a couple of mopes like you and I didn't say, okay, build your auto dealer on top of the place if you want. <clears throat> Give me an entrance. And there'll still be people's safety deposit thing downstairs. There's good money in that. Isn't there? I mean, what's the expense? I don't know. It's can't be that much if the we got a thousand or two thousand uh, you know spots that people security, pay hundred dollars a year. I mean, it's a lot of money. Security and uh, insurance. There's still some safety deposit places downtown here that aren't banks anymore. I think that makes sense. Anyway, so what is is there is there a play? I guess is there a commodity play with going on? Lately, we're talking about possibly I mean, if a you were fire. buying if you were buying oil, that probably worked out pretty well in the past. For a little bit, but if yeah. you bought it four days early, not so much. Right. So, you know, they're, they're, they're skipping around. Maybe if you were buying volatility and options, you could trade around it. Um, otherwise, I mean, the ones that are really taking off now would be the fertilizer markets, and and that's about it. What um, what do you... Uh, I mean, you're, you're more of a commodity guy, but every once in a while, um, you know, we, we obviously we talk a lot about stack because... Uh, that's um, the name of the podcast. Oh yeah, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks uh, and Jacks. Um, I just, I, uh, what do you do with 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 stocks? I mean, I'm not about to. Uh, the uh, like today, we've got Lulu Lululemon up uh, twenty bucks. It's over five percent. I don't think they had earnings. About three ninety eight. Stack is forty eight times earnings. In, in in the world we're in right now. Which looks like it's kind of slowing down a little bit. What would possess you to buy essentially a retail stack at forty-eight times earnings? Uh, you think it's you think it's going higher? That well, that's the truth. That's exactly the truth. So whether they can take over another market in the same way that that Tesla kind of took over the battery market and from and then they jumped from cars to batteries to drills to whatever. You know, maybe you think Lululemon might get into the personal fitness business or something, or, or do. Well, I, they, that's they, the only way I could justify it. Well, they make it. They made seven ninety twelve months into July twenty third. Uh, so they must have. Uh, if you're a forty five billion dollar, uh, or forty, probably higher than that now. If how, how much did you say they were up? Five percent. Twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. 5%. So they must have earnings. So yeah, I mean, if you're a fifty billion dollar retailer, I, I mean. I don't know. Their stuff is two and three times more expensive than the other stuff. So, right. So you would think it's somewhere, someday. You now this is you know, a matured person talking. I won't say old. Uh, you got some Lululemon stuff. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. I got the stuff that you see through. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, by the way, there is a uh, at the cl- at my club over here. They just sent me this thing about a uh, a new class they have. You ever hear of yoga lattes? No comment. 
<laughs> you do? You have heard of them? Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, Combination between yoga and Pilates, yeah. definitely. No, the, they want me in the class. I would be the absolute dunk, dunce in that class. But I have to wear, like, Lululemon stretch pants? I don't think they, anybody anyone would see that. I think you'd have fun. Oh, God. You should do it. I'd be dead. That'd be hard, though. I mean, those women don't mess around. Oh, no, they don't. Um, the uh, Well, you see the girls going into the yoga in the morning by my place. It's, like, at uh, 5.30. Every one of them's in great shape. Imagine that. You know. Well, if you have the discipline to wake up, I'd imagine there's a bias in there. Well, yeah, you know what I've noticed through the years? The people who are jogging by the bar usually are in better shape than the people in the bar. Just saying. You can take it to the bank. Yeah, you can take that. <laughs> anyway. So take it to the safety <laughs> deposit box <laughs> below the bank. But I'm uh, my, my concern on this particular stock, and again, I'm not telling anybody to sell anything. It all does go up. Uh, for them to be somewhat normal in my eyes... They would have to be making, say, twenty-five dollars a share, and sending me a check for ten. Yeah, that's what, not what, gonna who, Whose lifetime is that going to be in? That's not going to happen. No. So why do people keep buying? Just because it's going up. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. I mean, there. If, it, what's what's Nike? Nike's another one that's on here, and the CNBC's. Their 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 highest uh, Nike is most, probably most, thirty. Yeah, most, in their price Nike's earnings. Are, Nike's here on the CNBC Pro this morning. Is their their uh, one of their top two most ridiculously priced stocks? Well, if Nike's thirty times earnings, you know it sounds like Lululemon is <laughs> is fifty. Nike's thirty one. Yeah, Nike's thirty one. So yeah, well, yikes. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you can get bigger than Nike in, in, yeah. in that space. Nike's probably three times the size of uh, Lululemon. Oh, they well, got shoes. We got with Jack coming out in a second, but I'll lob this one out there before he gets in. I, before I could shut off at a certain place that I go on the weekend, before I could shut off the uh, Newsmax. Hey, look, we're up. Yeah. We're up 12 points in the S&P. Yeah. How about that? Before I could shut off the Newsmax, of course, I get intrigued. They got some lady on there ranting and raving about the war in the Middle East, and evidently it's, it's broken down now. That the the, uh, the hard right wants you know pretty pretty much every Palestinian moved, killed, God knows what. And now if you're mm, the generalizing, Demo- the, if you're if, well, I'm saying that according to what I was listening to for a minute and a half, two Lululemons equals one Raytheon. Yeah, there you go. And uh, the idea was that you know, and she says this is what the other stations like those liberal bleep stations are saying so they got some guy interviewing some high up the chain Israeli government official and the guy says to him well there are humanitarian issues with some sort of an invasion of an area and the guy starts ranting at him there are no such thing as humanitarian issues look what they did to us I don't think a person on earth doesn't realize that what that attack by Hamas and innocent people was about about as bad as it gets Okay, but the justification now, this guy's point was, no matter what we do, no matter what it we do in, re- in return, is justified. And the lady was saying, this lady on, on uh, Newsmax basically was saying, like only the, the, you know, the Democrats and the people in the girly party would believe that, we believe in what, you can do whatever you want. And I'm going, you know what, I don't, I don't believe that at all, do you? That's, that's one interesting take, hot yeah. take. I guess there's still yeah, it's a hot take. emotions, emotions yeah. running high there. Well, I mean, in this country, all you do is watch old westerns, and in some of them, you know, basically every, the only good Indians are dead Indian. You know, I, and I refuse to believe that about anybody. 
I mean, look, um, look, look at the problems some, some people in the African-American community are, are causing in this city. That doesn't mean everybody's bad. It means a few, pe- a few, few bad apples. Now, it's the down, or it's the risks of identity politics. But well, should now should these guys track down everybody from Hamas who was involved in this mess? They Absolutely. really don't even know who, no. which Hamas leaders did that because if they did know, they would have known about it earlier. Right. Because they are already tracking most of the Hamas people. Allegedly, and, they and did know. Egypt told them. Well, I mean, that's another story that you don't have to believe it or not. I think knows if you believe it or not. Yeah, I'm not not sure about that. Yeah, not but sure about if it they really, you know, we might have to make nice, or someone might might have to make nice with the Iranians who actually might uh, know who did that. Yeah, I don't know how you go down that road. I, just, I tell you what, you, you could well you could bitch about the president all you want, and to. I do, and I do more than everybody else. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop this complicated problem on somebody those, I didn't like. Those carriers are there for a reason, and as soon as they found it, find out. Um, or, you know, speculation, obviously. But as soon as they find out who actually did it, which they probably don't know now because they clearly missed it, you know, th- those people are well, the their Hamas, number one target. The Hamas leaders are not in the, in Gaza. They're somewhere else where they're safe. Hamas, yeah, but the different factions of Hamas, you know, but you, I mean, would, you would expect them to be tracking. But how do you how do you track people down in Syria and Lebanon, for God's sake? That's, good. that's the CIA's business. Well, they, don't, they have problems they have, they have problems. They, they, they know. Boot. They don't have any boots on the ground in Syria. They don't need the boots. They just pay people. Yeah. Well, whatever. SP Futures up 12. NASDAQ Futures up 12. Right back, Mr. John Flanagan. Uh, what about our Congress? Do you think the rest of the world likes the idea that in the middle of this whole mess, the Congress basically dissolves? I mean, it's all, it's all about perception. No huh? news is good news. It's yeah. Nice. We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freaks Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. 
Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Jackson. I'm Tom Allen. Greg Pappas in the studio. We have Matt Byrne on the board. Are you guys both going along gold? Is that what you said? No? Options. Volatility. Oh, well, oh, God. Oh, he's got a complicated... It's a very simple question, Matt. Are you long it or are you short it? All right. And what about this app? What about this valve? What about, are you long or are you short it? What are you doing over there, for God's sake? These guys, you know, you ever read Mike, you ever read Mike Rico? You're, you're too young for that. He said, he'll, Isn't his son running for uh, some office now? Oh, yeah. Or he, he, maybe he's an alderman. He said if, if you ask somebody what he does for a living, if he couldn't tell you in three words, never trust the guy. Trader, one word. Yeah, I, I trade options. I trade stock. No, I fight word. fires. I, I catch bad guys. It's four words, I guess. I fight crime, whatever it is. But once you go past that, SP Futures is up 12, Nasdaq Futures up 9. We just we ducked under, but now we're back up. Uh, Dow Futures up 149. That is because Goldman Sachs up a buck 70. We've got Caterpillar up a buck 50. Uh, Chevron Texaco up a buck 68. Microsoft up two. Is yet another? Uh, those who's, no, it's Apple who's getting the big. Uh, Apple who's buying the big uh, gaming company? Was that Microsoft or Apple? It's Microsoft. Activision, Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah, they need to be a little bigger. What do you think? Sixty-nine billion. Yeah, and the same time we're, we're telling them they owe thirty billion in tax. How much do you think they really owe? 100? Sixty-nine. Yeah, dudes. unreal. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up five. Call that flat. Puts you up twenty-nine point four percent. CAC around up ten point one percent. So to the upside, but small over there. Over in Asia, Nikkei down 6.56, that's 2%. These guys are all over the place. Uh, Hang Seng back coming down now, 173, that's 1%, 17,640. Shanghai down 14.5%. So we have trouble even getting the markets going the same way on the same day these days. On Friday, Dow was up 39, S&P was down 21, NASDAQ down 166. That was over 1%, 120. The big stocks, the Microsofts, the NVIDIA got hammered on Friday. We'll see if they make a comeback today. Uh, bonds up uh, seven basis points, 4.70. The bond up six basis points, 2.78. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.76. We still have the the 30 year was did touch 5%, but it's like 4.8 now, so it's not back to the five. Neither is the 10. Uh, we've got oil up uh, down five cents, 87.64. Brent down 19 cents, 90.70. Natural gas down eight cents, 3.15. Our bob unchanged, 2.27. I had gas for 3.45. Not bad. Well, you got beat me. I got three fifty. Put a big drink in the uh, in the suburban. Uh, gold down twelve bucks at a big rally on Friday. 
but 1929, it was just 1850 like a couple days ago. Uh, silver down 15 cents, 22.74. Copper up a penny, 3.58. Crypto, uh, Bitcoin's up 702, 27,729. And the U.S. dollar is uh, actually up up a little. I'm sorry, down a little bit. The zero is up to 105.3. British pounds 121.7. So a little bit down on the dollar. Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, other sports, a lot of stuff there. Big, long weekend here. We're watching for this stuff. Yeah, good morning. Currently 6.38 a.m. on October 16, 2023. The weather in Chicago is currently 51 degrees with a high of 56 today. Humidity at 82%, partly cloudy downtown. Uh, tomorrow, lots of sun, high of 63 degrees. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 73 degrees currently, a high of 101. Sunny skies expected throughout the week. In the MLB yesterday, Rangers beat Astros 2-0. In the NFL yesterday, Bears lost to Vikings 19-13. It's all for now, Chief. Back to you. You see the uh, 49ers, uh, Brock Purdy left it, let, him, let him down the field. Then the guy bo- literally booted the boot. Mm-hmm. Yep, but they lost their top receiver and top running back throughout the game. That was, that they, was uh, a big... They hurt or are they just out for the day? Hope, I mean, they're saying hopefully they're back next week, but... Uh, uh, Samuel hasn't looked great, and McCaffrey sat down. I mean, that's he doesn't. He's a pretty tough dude. Yeah. Speaking of tough dudes, uh, we have Mr. Flanagan. Speaking we of tough dudes, indeed. yeah. <laughs> I love okay. that segue, Tom. Yeah. Actually, I was I was about to say one of my one of my favorite players from my youth died the other day. Uh, Walt Garrison. Mm. Matt goes. Hmm. You remember him? I don't yeah. think you do. Too bad. Uh, Walt Garrison was a halfback and the. Dallas Cowboys, and for a while he was considered, he was also a big rodeo star. And so he was a cowboy cowboy. Yeah. Cowboys cowboy. cowboy. Yeah, he was a cowboys cowboy. And I, I'm going to say those dudes are like pound for pound. I don't know if anybody's too much stronger than rodeo dudes. Maybe Jackies. That's about it. I mean, can you imagine doing what those guys do? Speaking of tough guys. Yeah. John Flanagan. Yeah, speaking of tough guys, John Flanagan. So... Jan, uh, do you think we're giving a tremendous example to the world right now uh, with all this stuff going on where the Congress basically folds? Yeah, well, the inertia, I guess at some point, all, all of this energy either makes things explode or it makes things just you know jam up and stop working. So I think that's the latter kind of situation we're in now. And I don't know what solution will be and I don't know how long it's going to take um, but it's, it's certainly galling this is what you pay representatives to do well aren't, isn't it sort of weird I mean I want to get your opinion on what we just if you happen to be listening of you know when you look at these other countries and you, you look at these this carnage that's going on and you see every single place the governance is shot the unemployment rates high their currency is going in the, in the crap hole and you wonder if the you know the rest of the world sort of orchestrated that by what we did and the Euro did and the the Japanese have done and the Brits by by basically degrading our currency. Look, we've done. What, what do we think that somehow the Lebanese currency could hold up during that? I mean, does anybody think that could happen? I'm not saying we caused the problems in Lebanon, but does that, does anybody think of any sort of repercussions? Let's let's degrade our currency so we can pay our own populace back in money that's less value than when they lent it to us. First, they get away with that because collectively we're too stupid to realize it. Uh, now, all of a sudden, we see these problems in other parts of the world. Let's see, maybe in Gaza, people there can't afford to eat because now the price of 
uh, commodities that Greg's talking about is higher than it was five years ago. And I don't think, I'm going to guess that nobody in Gaza has gotten a 40% raise over the last five years. Do you think I'd be wrong on that one if we researched it? Nope. I mean, what do you think, the, what do you think, when's the thing the last raise was of anybody in Lebanon, for God's <laughs> sake? You know, th- these are economic problems that we can, we just ignore. I mean, it, and if, if we have, the, if, if we cause it to happen here, what may, how are we not the tail that wags the whole world, for God's sake? Especially if, if our if our if our people in Europe and Japan and everybody else come right with us, Let, let's 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 all degrade our dollar. We can all get out of this alive. No, that doesn't work. What's the matter with you guys? I mean, what am I missing, Jay? Well, well you know, along with the with the degradation of you know currencies, look just look at the degradation that the, the U.S. has. I would say, you know, caused or, or you know perpetrated on itself when it comes to international credibility on so many issues. Uh, we don't have any kind of that I can see any interest in being a, a moral beacon anymore. Maybe that isn't the path we should be pursuing anyway. When we got st- stuff to worry about at home, but clearly, you know, we're in a situation now where we we are so beset by so many things, and we don't have any solutions that people can get behind. I mean, we, they can't even choose a speaker of the house. So when it comes to ministerial functions of government, just to have a figurehead. Um, the system has just sort of frozen up, and then you, you know it, the, the the number of things in any big city that, that we have to deal with now has just flummoxed every city government, and nobody seems to have any kind of grand plan. One good thing, I guess, about all of this mess that's happened in the Middle East since you know October seventh is it has pushed Ukraine off the headlines, has pushed impeachment off the headlines, has pushed the presidential race off the headlines, but that. That isn't necessarily you know, a way forward either. I just see that we're just continually tying ourselves in knots, and there is no grand strategy for untying them. Well, I mean, you and I, and, and, and well, and Kevin and the rest of the gang can say, if I say something like, "I can't believe the Republicans are doing this." Of course, there's going to be a, a you know a choir that says they're still in session, they're still meeting. If there was a big problem, defense-wise, they'd still be there. The rest, all the rest of, the, I think the rest of the world, Jan sees. Uh, of Congress dissolving essentially, not they're not dis- to everybody else's eyes, dissolving pretty much at a time of crisis. They've got one candidate. How do you how do you have an election with one candidate and the guy can't win? But it, <laughs> if you if you put that in a cartoon, people wouldn't believe it. Yep, well, and it's it's not just in this country, Tom. I mean, you can find how many developed countries with pretty much the same. Um, frustrating set of facts where you've got a, a totally divided population, you've got a government that you know in many cases is just completely off the rails ideologically, and you know it participated in you know this grand strategy of shutdowns over the COVID period and you know inflationary madness, and you, you've got you know everybody looking for some kind of you know. Hope at the top that somebody is manning the right, store. Don't 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 rewrite history on it. Virtually all that came under Trump's spot. What the inflation what and the mean? COVID shutdowns? Oh well, but but the COVID shutdown, Tom. I mean, it, Trump was president when that happened, and he got behind Fauci and then other people because there's nobody else around. Clearly, yeah. And the and the Chinese had engineered it in a way that everybody was spooked. And I, I think anybody who would have been president in the first, you know, six months of 2020 
would have done anything any different at all. I, 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 they certainly didn't do it any different. I would have. I would. I would. I would never have increased the money supply that much because I know, I absolutely know that the that the the, the 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 kickback which we're seeing right now is worse than the disease. Because I've seen it. I mean, I saw it in, in the eighties, the seventies. Can't do that. If you want, if you wanted to tax for tax for it, if you wanted to borrow for it, one thing you can't print it. Not to that extent. We didn't do that during the Civil War, for God's sake. And I got to believe we were in much bigger crisis then than we were. Well, it, it just shows how scared people were and how easy it was to put that the whole scheme over on people. And the government was every government, Tom, just not not just ours. And, and, and in some ways, the, the ones that you would think would be more intelligent, like New Zealand's, were the worst. So I'm I'm not saying that that you know Trump is immune from criticism. Well, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to criticize anybody on the initial panic. But once once time went by. Once guys like Pritzker drove by places that were closed and had people selling the same crap at Walmart down the block, somebody should have realized, if you go to Walmart, you can go to a restaurant. If, if Walmart can sell hot dogs, so can a hot dog stand. I mean, but who's, who was there to call him out, Tom? Or the fact that the Hyatt Health Clubs were actually, you know what? and everybody else? Actually, you know what, Jen? I, I saw him, uh, I I think, and I'm not, you know, I'm no fan. I actually I remember his distinctly driving back from Audrey's, and they... Why the guy had a news conference every day, I have no idea, but he did. There's this news conference. Well, those weren't news conferences, for one thing. Uh, well, they sort of were. They were uh, all planted questions. He never, uh, he never not answered this a question one. he hadn't already approved. Not this one. They were on this guy like white on rice. And uh, I'm going to say virtually every reporter just, just happened to be ladies. Uh, and the, the whoever the governor was in Michigan had just done something. They, they just put the mask thing further and blah, 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 and shut down something. And Pritzker is up there and he says, we have no plans to do that. One time, he actually had some stones. He goes, we, we had no plans to do this, you know, and right now we don't think it's... He was hit with a barrage. of It would be like the, the, the four old ladies on the block bitching you out when you were 14 years old or something. They were on him like white on rice. Just, uh, what do you mean? You don't care about your people as much as the, the governor does in Michigan. Why, if she thinks that you should wear masks when you're in, in the bathroom by yourself, that you don't? This kind of they were on this guy. They were brutal to him. And uh, and I, <laughs> guy's governor, I guess you should be able to take it. And the next day, sure enough, the, the Illinois came out with the same thing in Michigan. They, whatever, whatever the hell it happened to be, some outrageous thing that they that they did up there that we all of a sudden did. You your your race to the bottom. If you were, it was a race to to shut things down to be more protective of your people. That was the game. No matter how bad it was, except for a couple southern states, maybe. Anyway, well, but, but let's 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 think about what protective meant then. I mean, protective from themselves. Yeah. From their income earning power. I mean, it, I just, it was crazy. That was well, Tom, that must have been the only first news conference like that because everything after that was so staged. Man, well, that, was he, he learned after that one. He's like, I'm never doing this again. I don't, I don't blame him. Well, he right. learned not to be accountable to the. To everybody below him is really well, what happened. All right, so he was totally insulated. From him. All right, so I'm looking at this this house thing. Okay, now why I'm doing this? Hopefully, at some point, Michael pile in and he give us a, a, uh, an update on Lebanon and all these places. Because I was trying to read this weekend. The first thing I did after spending like two hours on this was let's hope Mike calls in because um, he already knows it. Uh, what? Well, I'm here, Tom, oh, okay. and Hamas. Morning, you know, is uh, good morning to both of you. You know, Hamas really isn't uh, a subsidiary of Hezbollah, although, you know, both of them 
essentially are beholden to Iran. That's the one thing they have in common. And, you know, you sent that article about if Hezbollah opens fire on Israel, it's a game changer. Well, it would be, because they will try to saturate the Iron Dome. Well, how, so. how, how strong the article, we're talking about a CNBC article. Uh, I don't matter if you want to send it out, but and it, it had to do with, you know, Lebanon, their money down 90%, but evidently they are the political force now in Lebanon, pretty much. Well, they've always been a political force in Lebanon, at least since they killed the uh, prime minister. Well, that would, that would do it. Of yeah. Lebanon. But they, but they, well, if you could, they, they were talking about how they've fought a lot in Syria. They fought Sudan. They said they have an army, and it's probably as good, as well equipped, and as well trained as most mid-sized countries. Now, what does that mean? How, how big is that? They said they actually the Israelis, as good as they are. Would have trouble in all the fight with these guys. Well, it, what what uh, the international community is worried about, and what the Israelis are worried about, is the two front war. Uh, you know, Israel wants to do away with Hamas in the Gaza and you know, and in Israel, and then they want to be able to focus on Hezbollah if Hezbollah does something. But what's going on now is the PR battle that Hamas is waging against Israel. And now they want to turn the international community, meaning the West, against Israel for supposed you know, atrocities against Hamas when, in fact, Hamas committed the atrocities, but now they want... Israel to overreact, and, and it looks like they're going to take the bait. Well, they're hopefully not. They're doing everything they can to warn uh, the 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 citizens of Gaza that they're going to bomb them, and they're they're just doing that so that they can. But then Hamas is keeping the people within Gaza. By by not letting them out, and the Egyptians are aiding this, and because all the all the Arab nations are still, they still essentially want to. That this is probably too strong a statement, but they they want Israel to go away. They you know they just don't think there should be an Israeli state in the Middle East, and and that's not fair. Oh no! Well, it's same. But when you say to a million people in Gaza, I was looking at the map the other day as best I could. You got to evacuate, Mike. Where are they going to go? There's well, no place to go. They they could have gone out the southern gate, you know, into Egypt. That's that's about the only place they could go. And Egypt's not happy with that. No, but you know, the Hamas uh, the is an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood and guess where the Muslim Brotherhood started in Egypt so you know the Egyptian ruler dictator whatever you want to call him he doesn't want to be bothered with Hamas either because then that foments revolution in Egypt well there there are people nobody wants therein lies the problem well they don't have much use for a bunch of women and kids right now at least so why would you want them and and they, yeah, well, there's no what, reason. What we ought to do uh, as a nation, meaning the United States, 
we ought to help evacuate people from Gaza. To where? And if that means taking them onto the ships, screening them and taking them onto the ships and getting them out of that territory, then that's what we ought to do. I know that's a radical solution, but, you know, we're going to have essentially two aircraft carrier groups there. And then we are on the good side of the press. And the Israelis okay, could so be on the good side of the press if if we evacuate Gaza in an orderly manner. Uh, okay, so we get them on the ships. Where do the ships land? That's impossible. No, hold on. That's impossible. How do you get that? that I mean, say it was half a million people. You can't do that. Well, you're right, we, but we could selectively do some of it. We could get the women and children out and somehow... Uh, the city's 2.3 million people. ...the or... men and put them into camps in southern Israel, I guess. I, you know, I know what I'm proposing is radical, but something's got to be done. The current situation has been... about to do it, so... But the current situation has been untenable for 15 years, 20 years. Yet it's gone day by day by day, and something breaks out. And I'm not uh, about to uh, anywhere near excuse what those guys did in southern Israel. It was brutal. Every single one of those people should be tracked down and punished huge. And I, I don't mind if they all got hung, to be honest with you. But that doesn't mean like killing grandma is going to help anything. So you got to be careful they with probably, They probably still don't know who did it. Um, if they didn't know it was coming, they probably don't. But yeah, they, so we're, we're, still but the leaders aren't the leaders are nowhere near the place, are they, Mike? They're, we're, we're no, you're right. The leaders are in gutter supposedly, and and the Israelis have the capability of tracking them down and eliminating them. I think, anyways. And, and Blinken was just would, in Qatar, wasn't he? All right, Mike, they didn't even talk. Mike, about we it. got three minutes for the break. How about doing this if, if Jan doesn't mind? Could you just give us a, a geographical, who, who, who is Israel bordered by? Um, and, and who are the various groups? I know Lebanon is to the north, right? Uh, right. And, would, and, and Jordan is in the south, and then Egypt is in the southwest. Uh, I, yes. Yeah. The, so I that mean, was those are three. the three big... Uh, well, Syria, they border, border yep, Syria, too. Syria, too. Syria is thrown in there, too, right. North, so they got four Northeast. four people on the borders, none of whom like them. That's not good. That's correct. Well, Syria's in civil war. They're they're kind of busy. Yeah, what is, what is the current state with Syria? Everybody's doing whatever they want in there? Well, Assad wants to stay in power. That's the current state of Syria. And then Hezbollah is essentially... They have a lot to do with the running of the country, at least parts of the country. Well, does the country even run? I mean, when it, I say yes. run, is it, is it... Assad has, you know, the area around Damascus, and then I think Hezbollah essentially has the rest of it. Now, ISIS is dead, or are they part of Hezbollah these days? No, uh, from what I've seen, ISIS is not dead, and they're probably... Somewhere in Syria, they could be in Iraq. There's just bits and pieces of ISIS still around. We haven't heard the term Iraq in months. What's going on there? They're not all unified either. Would they got to be people there screwing around? Well, that's where some of that Shia crescent. The southern Iraq is essentially run by Shia, which is what Hezbollah is Shia and Iran is Shia. 
and then the Houthi rebels in Yemen are Shia. So, as I said earlier, you know, you still have a Shia crescent, although Hamas is not Shia, but they're playing within the crescent in order to uh, help Iran out. What, um, do you have any idea how, to, how does money change in hands, Mike? I mean, uh, or Janet? I don't think money changes hands, Tom. I, I just think that, uh, you know, whether it's a barter system or um, uh, Iran finances all of this through whether it's, you know, donations, but even that, it, you know, they're getting weapons to Hamas and Hezbollah, and then they give guidance as part of that deal. If a guy like John Flanagan wanted to order up a thousand rockets, who exactly would you call? Ghostbusters? I mean, who, how does that even work? Import well, them some of Egypt. them are made within the territories. That some, you know, I'm sure some of it was made in uh, in the Gaza Strip, down in the tunnels. They probably have, you know, a very primitive manufacturing site. I'm pretty sure that Hezbollah has primitive manufacturing sites. Well, where do you where do you get but, the, the components? I mean, what, what's in one of those things? Uh, <laughs> I am not sure, Tom. Uh, you know, I mean, I've heard that some of the some of the you know the war material used by Hamas has U.S. you know sources on it, you know labeled on it, and I don't know if these things were con- con- confiscated or how they were obtained. But but the story I read somewhere was that these were you know funneled from Ukraine where the U.S. had shipped them, um, and then they ended up with Hamas. And I think there's enough gun running going on in Chicago these days to suspect that you know there's a lot of money involved in weapons transfers, um, and it's always part and parcel of some other criminal activity like drugs or human trafficking, whatever. It's all bound up together. But if we really knew the source of where this weapon came from, I think we'd have to take a long, hard look at our weapons industry and determine that they were in part responsible. Were you a listener in the early years of uh, NCIS? All like when uh, when they do the flashbacks to when? Uh, no, I wasn't. No. Oh, there was a they do the flashbacks to when Gibbs and the lady I forget who the original director was, uh, where they were actually working for the CIA or somebody overseas going after these gun runners and how they still came back to the show from time to time and finally they killed the one guy but they're they 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 are international movie stars these gun runners he's according to well, this you know this was the the, the story that never really got fully fleshed out about what happened in benghazi when clinton was secretary of state that that, that involved illicit u.s furnished weapons um, the, the the fact of, of that transfer was trying to be they were trying to cover it up, but of course it's turned into some horrific mess. A lot of people but, think but, that the Taliban are now just just arms dealers because they've got so much left over from Afghanistan that they can just. But we never had to keep themselves in business through arms sales. But Mike, did we ever use the kind of really I'm going to use the term dumb rackets that those guys use? That we could we never had any of those things, did we? For that for like a long time. No, we. I don't think we've used too many dumb rockets. Uh, but the, as Greg just stated, you know, there's a lot of drug or a lot of weapons coming out of Afghanistan now. But Iran has been selling weapons, selling, supplying, how, however you want to phrase it. There's, I really don't think there's cold hard cash being changed hands. Uh, you know. 
all of that's coming from Iran, and it's been coming from Iran since Hamas was established early on. Somewhere, somehow, the money's changing someplace. I mean, and that may not be as much as we're used to, but I bet some of these people have Swiss bank. I bet they have bank accounts here, some of them, which I which I'd find really a problem if I was president. Probably Cotter. Anyway, SP futures up fourteen. Nasdaq futures up twenty three. We'll be right back. A lot of issues. Good, good job, guys. We'll continue. We come back. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give Cairo yeah, a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. Five six. That's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Have a few drinks and you know, drive home. Mr. Coherent here. Well, here's the song we were going to play a couple of months ago about the Lincoln Park Pirates, folks, and we'll sing this right here. Hello, <laughs> welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. Was that, was that, uh, that Steve Goodman? That's Steve Goodman there, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> Can you remember those guys? Here, i gotta, I, I got to put uh, this song down before I get John. All right. Just yeah. one second. Here, we should be hearing John now. John, you remember those guys? Very well, Pat. The uh, one night they uh, they had some some kind of a, I don't know what happened. The police had a big uh, raid on somebody, so they were showing up in all these unmarked cars. 
and they parked him in his lot. They went in and raided the place. I don't know if it was a drug raid or was. They come out, and these guys had, had towed the cars, the police cars. Mm. And the police were not happy. So they go over to Lincoln Towing, which used to be at North and uh, Halstead, right? Yeah. So, so they show up at the, at the door, and they say, we want our cars back. And the guy's like, you're not getting your cars back unless you pay. They showed, they showed up with about 15 squads, all blinking lights and stuff. I guess they gave them their cars back. <laughs> <laughs> It was, you know, Mike Royko used to write about those guys all the time. The, uh, I'm going to say Mike Royko could not get a job today. What do you think? No, I would no paper would touch him. No, it's uh, it's crazy stuff. Um, what? Well, let's let, let's talk about Congress for a second, then we'll get back to the. I'm trying to figure out. Well, obviously, when you're managing money for people, you're trying to figure out: should I? Is this something I really have to panic and cover everything with puts or twice as many puts, or, or are we going to shake this off like we seemingly always do? Whether it's going to accelerate, not accelerate, I, I get the feeling that the is, Israelis are probably not going to be crazy enough to incite it even even more. They want it. They want it to stay as a horrendous incursion, incursion by the other guys. And even though they, I'm, I'm hoping. Maybe this is more hoping than thinking that they're not going to they're not going to take the bait because uh, you know I, I'm hoping that happens. And this thing all kind of it's not when I say settle down. It's never going to settle down because innocent people are killed. So it's never going to settle down for them or their families. But uh, I somehow, without some huge area conflagration, because like I said, I mean, I, if, if you know, if Mike wasn't here, Jan, I, I can't tell the players from a scorecard here. I mean, it's a unless you really know this stuff. All these people come from different areas. They're all in countries they don't belong. Does anybody has have a, like a regular job? What, what's the economy like in Gaza? I mean, does people get up and go to work? Unemployment rate's like 25%, right? I mean, did anybody get a 40% raise over the last four years? I don't think so. I mean, this is... There, how many places in the world are like this right now? Most of it? It has to be. I don't think it's... I don't think it's all that bad, Tom. But, you know, in that particular part of the world, there had, there's never been... Well, in Gaza in particular, there's never been a regular economy. And, and I think, uh, you know, for Israel at this point, it is absolute war. They are not going to rest until they destroy Hamas, regardless of the consequences. I don't have a problem with them doing that, but if they take a million people that have nothing to do with Hamas out with them, i got a problem with that. Just saying. Well, unfortunately... Some of those people were forced to elect Hamas in 2007 or whenever it was that Hamas was elected to run the Gaza. So, I mean, the Israelis evacuated their settlements in Gaza and they left Gaza to become a Palestinian um, enclave, whatever, and uh, and then... Uh, that's when Hamas took over. But Mike, do they have any? Is there any farming there? Is there a river? Is there olive oil? Is there is there anything that people can do there? Is there any? I mean, is there any sustenance? Uh, there wasn't much sustenance. There was. There still is a desalinization plant there, and um, and then the Israelis would allow people out to work in Israel. But there's very little sustenance in Gaza because it's too crowded. It's overpopulated. And now the rest of these places, I mean, at one point, I don't know if you ever did back in the day when you were in the army, 
didn't people used to go to Beirut for like vacation? Was it was it like a garden? Beirut used to be the Paris of the Middle East. Beirut was right. a very like beautiful city. And now what? It's just shelled out Hulk, or what is it? Uh, it's not a shelled out Hulk, but the, I'm sure there's uh, areas of it that are still nice. But uh, you know, Hezbollah has essentially uh, destroyed uh, the Beirut as a tourist destination. In Lebanon, now do they have? What's their shtick? I mean, is there anything they grow there? Are there any fertile areas? Lebanon used to be able to uh, have crops. I think it was, you know, whether it's olives. But the Lebanese economy was never all that strong. But it was still the financial center of the Middle East. It was. Not anymore, obviously. Yes, Beirut was. And now probably that's shifted to uh, Qatar or Qatar, however you want to pronounce it. But... Um, Q A T A R, Q A T A R, that place. Yes, and the U A E is also, uh, you know, that that's also a financial center too. Dubai is very important now in the in the Middle East. Um, all right, John, let's shift gears for a second. What what in God's name is going to happen with the house here? Well, the, you know, the idea that's being floated now that. I- Team Jeffries will be a Democratic leader with some sort of bipartisan agreement um, to act as Speaker. I mean, this is—I think it's, it's ridiculous when you have a majority that this is, you know, what you have to resort to to get, you know, a candidate that everybody can get behind. It shows that there's some some deep divisions are deeper than I realized among Republicans, and it must be pretty personal at some level. And it, that it can't be overcome somehow, um, but I don't see this as you know a, a solution that can work maybe any longer than McCarthy's speakership work, or maybe well, not as long. Well, John, if you if you go back, you, you know your memory on this is better than mine. If you go back, probably the last three or four times in our lifetime, where one party controlled, well, they actually controlled both houses of Congress, or certainly had a a control of the house. The deepest infighting was always in in that party, not across the aisle. The Democrats had the same problem, and they were fighting amongst themselves when they were in charge. Well, and it's a razor thin majority too. So uh, that that just you know, there's always party divisions. Um, the Democrats, you know, voted in lockstep to get rid of McCarthy. So I mean, they, that to me is is more. It's it's harder for me to figure out. Was it was that just them. a was that just a party line thing? It seemed like one of the Republicans. Last week, I was on, I was listening from someplace, and he was talking about how the, the his that the Republicans are pissed off at him because he tried to reach across the aisle. And said if he tried to reach across the aisle, you'd think some of the Democrats would have voted for him to keep him in, but they didn't do it either. Is he is he no, that disliked or been, how could he have been that big of a boob? This this is what what the, the bigger story here is that you know that there was absolutely no Democratic support for McCarthy, and. I mean, so if, when the house was thrown into chaos, it was the fact that the Democrats viewed it as a party line vote to get rid of any Republican speaker, pretty much. Because I don't think McCarthy was, was somebody they couldn't live with. There were certainly a lot, a lot more people in the house that would have been more untenable for the Democrats than Kevin McCarthy. Like Jordan, still unanimously to get rid of him. So this, this to me shows an unwillingness to have any kind of bipartisan effort of government, and the whole thing with Hakeem Jeffries is just some sort of Trojan horse. 
know, to humiliate the Republicans, and the Republicans seem to be walking right into it. Well, it, it just it just seems like I mean, how, how long can this go on? I mean, we have different views on how how uh, messed up they are in terms of what they could actually do, but I don't I don't see them if all of a sudden we have any kind of a crisis here, coming the debt ceiling or whatever that this thing's getting resolved real quick, and all of a sudden everybody. I mean, everybody else dropped out except Jordan, right? So he's the only guy, and yet he, he can't get half the votes. What kind of right. what kind of a guy is he? Is he just some muttonhead, or what's his problem? If you're well, the only I mean, guy running, I think with- there's bad blood between the some of the Republicans and Jordan, and the, the Democrats maintain their party line vote. They, you know, that's a Pelosi thing, although it's still Hakeem Jeffries. But they, as long as the Democrats hold fast. They show how inept the Republican leadership is. Well, the Democratic leadership, I don't think, is much better. But well, at least they're able to control their party. Yeah, I suppose. And it's all about the next election cycle, too. If they can right. you know, and, blame, and they, you know, the I think the Democrats want it. They want to force a vote on, uh, you know, the the funding bill that's due to come up again in uh, early November. Well, both of those guys should get out of the Congress, roll down the, the, the window that's shaded, and look around this country, and maybe if they did, they'd realize they'd better do something, because this stuff is slinking here pretty bad, if you ask me. Well, you're absolutely right, Tom, but the, the D.C. elites, both parties, don't care about the rest of the country. And the hateful eight of the Republican Party, they are absolutely ridiculous in their demands. It, well, they were successful in getting rid of McCarthy, and now, now the Republicans can't even come up with a leader. Well, uh, McCarthy's—he's uh, essentially still in the race, right? Didn't he put himself back in it? No, he, he was. Well, he, he sent mixed signals. I mean, he withdrew his candidacy. Uh, there was rumors that he was, wasn't going to run again for his seat either. Um, but, but apparently, those have gone by the boards, and he is not out of the running now. It seems. At least he's been sending up feelers that you know he, he may still be interested. And he may end up being the, you know, somebody they'll have to rally around for running speaker at all. So what happens if uh, you actually do? You need a big time vote, and they're just out. Huh? And I've never seen it out of all the the infighting, of all the crap, the the, the, the you know the, the fist fights in Congress, of all the stuff we've put up with since seventeen God knows when. Uh, this is the first time they've essentially disbanded themselves, isn't it? Well, no, it, they, I, I don't I, think they've I, disbanded. Go ahead, John. Sorry. No, I I agree with Mike about you know when the the next you know the government shutdown drama starts again in a couple of weeks. This is all part of that strategy to pin it on the Republicans and hope that they can run on this come 2024 when everybody's seat will be up and, you know, it, it, everything else is taking a back seat to this kind of, you know, drama that is shouldn't be as dramatic as it is. It was, it was too dramatic throughout 2023, really. But I think this is, you know, the strategy here is to emasculate any kind of you know you know attempt by the republicans to you know cohere and unless they get total coherence the, the democrats can sit back and say we're unanimous on this issue no trouble with us you can't blame us which to me is just you know insane but uh, it's all about claiming the higher ground when it comes to another government shutdown. Well, but i'm saying it's it's, it's a way it's, to me it's it's the exact same subject 
is my little bit of a rant earlier regarding the currencies. I mean, we, we think we're being slick by lowering the value of the dollar so we get to pay people back less. And I've got, I totaled up the Social Security, not that you guys have any idea, you're not even close to 65. I totaled up the Social Security increases of the last four years, and I got them at like 19%, which is roughly half of where I've got inflation. So anybody, 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 percent increase coming up too. Well, I'm counting that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm saying that the total would be over the four-year period since 2020 to to ne- including next year, 2024, would be 19 point something percent. And yet, I got inflation at 40, and pretty much everybody else who looks at it has it the same number, 38, 40, somewhere in there. So the government has p- has picked up 20 percent on the social on older people in the last four years. May, you know, COVID maybe been to blame, but that's, or maybe it was an excuse to do that. It could have been, could have been both, could have been either. But now, if if you know, we can sit here and the and the, the people on the right, not accusing anybody, can say they're not really out of session, they're not really this. By the way, they're still there, they're still meeting. And I'm sure it's all correct because I mean, when you guys say that, Kevin says that, I'm sure you're not wrong. But if I'm sitting in in Yemen or someplace, thank God I'm not, or anywhere else in the world, what does it look like to you? It looks like in the heat of battle, they shut down, doesn't it? Well, you're right, Tom. But technically, they are in session. It's just that they can't bring a bill to the floor. Without a leader, the majority cannot act. And, you know, the, the Democrats are playing it right at this point. You know, they're unified against Republican leadership. But, uh, and they're willing to deal with the Republicans on Hakeem Jeffries' terms, but that isn't going to happen because the Republicans are too inept. But we we talk about it all the time on the I think on the show and and every, and every different subject that comes up. Th- those guys and maybe we who try and split the the hairs like listening to the bumps on CNBC about the, you know the Fed. Well, you know this guy said this, but if they did that, he really meant it. The rest of the world doesn't give a crap about this little. I mean, do you think if I'm even if I'm sitting in France or Germany where we used to be, Mike, I look over here. It looks looks to me like the Congress is shut down. Oh, but don't worry, the Democrats are making headway. Nobody thinks that way except us. If you're if you're part of the, I mean, if, if you and well, I are walking, Tom, I agree with you. We are not making headway now, and you know the the government is paralyzed, and and we, as a nation right now, look very foolish. Everybody seems to recognize it but us. Just saying. Who do you mean by well, us? I mean, in here, <laughs> if you listen to the stuff all weekend, everybody still, the Democrats, they, they screwed this. Then the Republicans, we, we have not realized what that is supposed to be. I mean, I, you know, one thing I learned about my, my four years of Latin, I sure as hell didn't learn any Latin, but I, uh, but I learned a lot about Roman history. And, I, and I, I really do believe, I don't know if you guys agree, I think you might, but I don't know, I'll lob it out there. For five, six hundred years, there was something in this world called the Pax Romana, which was the Roman peace. Then they basically shot themselves in the foot over it, all the stuff we always talk about, currency devaluation. Obviously, the plague didn't help. A lot of stuff didn't help. Um, but, it, I mean, the world is a, is, a, is a pretty crap old place. There's always about 40 wars going on. This was going back thousands of years. You got it, I want it, I'm taking it. That, that's the way the world works, you know, unfortunately. This has been, since World War II, 
the Pax Americana to, for any stretch. I mean, Europe's helped out, Japan has helped out after the war, but it's been the Pax Americana. If we all of a sudden become a bunch of stumble bums like we're heading that way, what do you think the place is going to look like? You've been on a half hour this morning, Mike, and you, you've outlined about six people that are that are world bad actors in six possible wars. I mean, it's all over the place, right? If we all of a sudden degenerate any more than we are, I, I think we have a, a higher responsibility. I don't know if it was given to us by somebody. I'm not going to go down that road, but somehow or another, I think we do. If we go under, what does this world look like? Well, Tom, I agree with you. And, you know, to go back to another Latin expression, e pluribus unum, you know, our country was founded on, out of many one. Well, now it's e pluribus not unum. So, you know, it's out of many, many. And, you know, we cannot satisfy everyone in on the political landscape. Well, I, I don't know if you ever really could, but as long as everybody... Everybody has a job, feels like they're participating, feels like their family's going to be better than they were when they're older. We've seemed to have lost all that. That, I mean, or not all of it. Some people are, you know, it's it's still fine. But uh, we we, we got to get ourselves together. I mean, this this what I, I see this stuff going on in Chicago about these uh, the migrants. For God's sake, we're, we're talking about a, a city that lost a hundred thousand people in the last eight years, or maybe even five years. And we got we got busloads of two thousand, and we're in, we're in a hissy fit. I mean, every everybody in, in neighborhoods that, that seem to get a lot of stuff from the city are outraged that somebody else is going to get a diamond that's meant for them. I mean, did you watch us? I listened to sixty minutes yesterday driving back over my brothers about the the groups in Florida. How th- those guys are here legally, and they still stu- they stuck them on a plane to Martha's Vineyard to pick, piss people off in Martha's Vineyard. You're, you're, I don't know if you watched, if you watched any of that. I just listen no, to No, but I, I'm familiar with the problem. But, you know, it, everybody wants something, unfortunately, in the United States, but no one is willing to work for it. You know, and it's this not-in-my-backyard syndrome that we've got going on. So why should Texas feel the brunt of the immigration problem? Oh, they shouldn't. Or, they shouldn't. Or Arizona or wherever. You know, the, the immigration problem, you know, I... Our borders are not secure, and, you know, unfortunately, that's another problem that we need to deal with that the, the government is refusing to do. But, I mean, there, there are problems that are not even any over the place. I mean, Texas doing pretty good on oil and other things. All of a sudden, you, you, you've, you saw comp- companies for a 40-year period drag all this industrial stuff over to China and other places. And you see cities like Akron, Cleveland... Youngstown, Janesville, Chicago, become Detroit, become shells of their former former self. We we didn't put all the people who are now laid off from the, from uh, from the uh, U.S. Steel on buses and sent them to Texas, did we? No, but but unfortunately, all of that was in pursuit of the uh, almighty dollar. And is capitalism really working when we're offshoring jobs to all these? you know, less developed countries. And I would say we need to have jobs in the United States so that our, our uh, you know, our pharmaceutical industry, our steel industries, so that they're all relatively secure by themselves and we have to pay better than a living wage. Well, you would think. John, you know, I used to actually once in a while, I used to actually walk the economics classes with a guy named Mike. I mean, he came with me once in a while. 
uh, Mike, you know better than anybody, and so does Jan from our, 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 our studies together, the reason why you stop child labor, two reasons. One is you don't want a bunch of girls at age 14 sitting there doing seamstress stuff. But basically you do it because you pull them out of the workforce. If you pull them out of the workforce, you change the competitive dynamic to where other people have to get paid more because there's less of them around, right? You just pull 100,000 people out of the workforce. So we are, the people here, when we started moving stuff overseas, instead of the automaker or whoever saying, oh, you know, you, you need to be making 25 hours an hour. Oh, no. Somebody in China is willing to wake $1 an hour. Somebody in Mexico is, you now have to go to the lowest common denominator. Well, that should never have been allowed to happen. But it, well, but it was. You, know, it you did. say that, Tom, but the Germans have managed to uh, keep an auto industry and they pay a very good wage. Well, the auto industry pretty much hung here. But, uh, but what about the other stuff? I don't think the Germans are making their own pots and pans. They're not making their own clothes, all that stuff. i got to believe the Germans import as much stuff from China as we do, or they, did. They may, but I don't, I don't know about how much. They, they do make some very good pots and pans and some good ceramics and things like that, but that's, you know, that's kind of beside the point. So do you think the, uh, the, the Ikea, the, the Ikea or, even, or even the meatballs, not from China? <laughs> Certainly the packaging is. Yeah. Jan, you were about to say, pile in. Well, well you know, the the issue about you know bringing you know migrants here and they should be able to be assimilated easily because their cities are depopulated and so on. But the reason the cities have been become depopulated is one of the reasons why it isn't going to work to have you know nonstop immigration from third world countries. Oh, I agree. To fill those places, and in in the course of the city's depopulation. One of the problems from in Chicago, at least, is the dumbing down of the job industry. So many jobs have been either offshore or you know handed over to AI type stuff or automated stuff, or the consumer does the work. You know, when you purchase something online, you fill out the label. You, if you don't fill it out right, you don't get your package. It isn't somebody else at the other end who's doing anything other than reading it, and that isn't a person probably. So we we've got to dumb down. Popula population, we've got a dumbed down job market that really doesn't have any way of attracting people with any get up and go or entrepreneurship. And you know, God help you if you did, because you wouldn't find a very welcoming place in Illinois to start a business. So there's there's no way to make these anybody coming in in large numbers with minimal language skills or literacy rates or anything else to become, you know, efficient, productive people. In the, in the space of a couple of years, if ever, and they're, we're going to be looking at ingrained corners of the United States where we got you know Venezuelan enclaves of people who never assimilated I, and are at odds. I with hope other that I hope that doesn't happen. But but if you were to, it's happening. Tom. It is happening. It's happening already. But I, one of my one of my creatures that I that I have an adult beverage with every now and then. Uh, this is this is ninety percent of the of the topic with the guy, and I'm going to say if you had to estimate. The current amount of people who are here, and I don't, I don't know the number, say, say 10,000, which is probably high, but say 10,000, out of all the problems Chicago has, out of all the budgetary issues and how far we're in hack and how many people aren't working, how many people are addicted, all this kind of stuff, I'm going to say that right now the migrant problem is, is less than one one-hundredth of the problem. And yet the city wants you to think it's 90% of the problem because it, it, it glosses over all the mess that was here before they showed up. 
Is that too harsh? Tom, it's, it's, it's the beginnings of an underclass that there's there isn't going to be any desire or ability to fix over the long haul. We, we already have an underclass, and the underclass is bitching. Right, and, and all yeah. we're doing is adding to it. Well, they're bitching they might get some of the money. Right? Well, yeah, but well, did you how see, long is that going to work? Did you see the, the, the uh, thing Brendan Johnson went to the thing in Hyde Park this weekend? Some black yeah. some black lady is screaming at him that, that they got to get these got to get these people out of here. Or they're going to throw this guy out of office just like they put him in. A, we we put you in there. Of course, at the absolute top of her voice, we put you in here and we're going to throw you out if we don't get our you know if these people come to this area and get like basically some of our money. And I've, I I felt like the guy saying he, he should have said once the last time you had a job, but they they won't say that. Or do you want a job tomorrow? I'll get you one. In the city. I mean, I, maybe she does. I mean, who knows? She could be a doctor, but I doubt it. Uh, I mean, what, what are we doing here? Is, is, is we're just fighting over the over the over the dole? Well, it, it's very much like not in my backyard time. Every, yeah. Much of the support for Brandon Johnson, had, they have no trouble with our being a sanctuary city. Everybody knew you, you had that with Lori Lightfoot, and you have with Brandon Johnson. That that to me would have been a reason not to vote for somebody to make this you know, perpetuate a sanctuary city here. But when the sanctuary city arrives and you're the sanctuary, and you didn't expect to be, or you, you, know, you thought never in a million years would that happen. And as it happens, you feel betrayed. But you put this guy in, knew, knowing full well what was going to happen. So, we'll get a load of this. We got a dash I, here. But... I, have, I have a great sympathy for these people, and in some ways, I have no sympathy for these people. I agree. It's, it's, there's hardly any surprise. I just wish they could throw the idiot. I just wish they had the ability to throw the idiot out in Venezuela, but they obviously don't. Hey, you know, talk about hit, things hitting close to home. Mike, you'll love this. You won't love this. There were yet another four burglaries in Lincoln Park this weekend. We don't seem to be able to stop anybody. Uh, and, and one of them was between my front door and the Tripoli, a distance of a half a block. Hmm. Wow. This is not good. Well, it, that's what happens, Tom, when you know you and John are talking about it. But we, do, we already have a permanent underclass, and it's expanding. Yep. We, we are like... Zimbabwe when Mugabe was in power he you know we are devaluing the dollar he devaluated whatever their currency was but we're on the same path I don't disagree hey I got a a quote here um, if I can find it of course because I can never find this stuff but uh, the uh, to do with uh, this thing right here um, let me see if I can find the damn thing Anyway, well, no, they, they, they take it out here. But it had to be a quote from, uh, I think it was Mugabe or something like that. And he goes, uh, something like, you may have the, the right of free speech, but you don't have the right to tomorrow if you exercise or something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may not have the right to tomorrow if you exercise it. Well, how's that for a that's quote? That's strange we can believe in. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, like John, you yeah. want to hang around for a while? Mike, thank you very much. I don't know what yeah, I've done I'll without you. I'll hang around for a little bit. Yeah. Mike, you did so much better uh, than doing this than if I did it myself, so I'm glad you piled in. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, SP Futures up 14. Nazareth Futures up 24. Uh, be right back. Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for 
stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, we're going to play Stice and Jackson on tomorrow. We have burn on the board. SP Futures up 14. Nancy Futures up 21. We've been up and we ducked down to like almost even. The Nasdaq actually went negative a little while ago and then it popped right back up. So the Dow's up 140. A lot, of, a lot of green in the Dow. Goldman Sachs up a buck 90. Chevron Texaco up a buck 69. Caterpillar up 161. Uh, what else we got up? We got Microsoft up 227 as uh, Europe approved their big uh, takeover of uh, what's the name of that? Uh, gaming company, man. Uh, Activision, I believe. Activision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. United Healthcare up 485. Uh, so a lot, a lot of green here this morning. Well, hopefully it'll last. We're in Europe. DAX up six. Let's call that flat. FTSE up 28.4 percent. CAC around up 10.2 percent. So uh, slightly up over in Europe, but at least up over in Asia. Nikkei down 656. That's two percent. They're going the other way. Hang Seng down 173 one percent. Shanghai down 14.5 percent. So. Uh, the Tokyo stocks lead Asia markets lower. Japan inflation data data awaited. There you go. Friday, Dow was up 39. S&P down 21. Nasdaq was down 166. That's 1.2 percent of nasty day in the Nasdaq. Bonds, five basis points, 4.68. The bond up four basis point, 2.77. Japan unchanged, 0.76. We've got oil up 46 cents now, 88.15. That's up 0.5 percent. Run up 33, 91.22. Natural gas down seven, 3.16. Arbob up two cents, 2.28. We've got gold. We've got a huge move up on Friday. It's only down six bucks. It was up like 45 hours on Friday, but 19.35, which I didn't think it'd get back to in a long time. We got back there in two days. A silver down 11 cents, 22.78. Copper up a penny, 250, 3.59. 
Bitcoin with a big move up 789. That's almost 3%, 27,816. And last but not least, the US dollar is up a little bit. Um, I'm sorry, down a little bit with the euro up to over 105, 105.32. The British pound at 120, almost 122, 121.7. Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Bears, not so hot. Not so hot for the Bears. Yeah, it's currently 7.38 a.m. on October 16th, 2023. As far as traffic in Chicago, inbound exit ramp 49B and 50A on the Kennedy are closed due to construction. Uh, that closure will continue until October 30th. Weather in Chicago is 50 degrees, currently a high of 56 throughout the day. Humidity currently at 80%, partly cloudy downtown. Tomorrow, lots of sun, though, high of 63 degrees. Meanwhile, down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 71 degrees currently, a high of 101. Sunny skies expected throughout the week. In the MLB yesterday, Rangers beat Astros 2-0. In the NBA, Bulls lose to Nuggets, 102-116. And of course, those Bears in the NFL yesterday, uh, they lost the Vikings, 19-13. Uh, yeah, not too good. Back to no. you, Chief. Well, talking about the second major... Uh Bleep up on the bases yesterday. Altuve last night forgot to, t- to touch second coming back from on. He was doubled up in an inning where he, he, had, he had gotten a hit, so they lost two to nothing. I don't know if I still would have lost, but that didn't help. Do we have Audrey? We believe we do, yes. All right, how are you? We still have John. Uh, well, the, uh, well, I have to have an actual question. I mean, you, you're t- uh, as the real estate values in your area and the, and the business has held up some, I know you were telling me. Uh, you're a little nervous about the stock market. Um, can can one have a problem and not the other? I guess is my question. I think uh, one can have a problem and not the other, and that happened in 2008. It happened to both, but in prior recessions, there were places to go periodically. There was a, a place to shelter. Both didn't go to hell in a handbasket at the same time. Uh, there was a place to hide your money, buy money, buy something possibly make a little money but uh you know you just uh, don't know how it's going to play out and the way the world is right now uh things to be okay people we have a lot of people who need a place to live and but they've got to stop hiking these rates i don't know why the fed thinks that's going to be a solve all for this world but this they're so out of touch with what's happening that they are going to throw we've already they think they may be a recession that makes me laugh because i know many people who are already have been living with recession type lives past year and uh they're just going to keep making this worse and if you want to see the country really go to hell they better just keep up what they're doing well other than some people who i'll say invested wildly just happened to be in the market because the market went up when the fed did their thing can you name what percentage of the people that either one of use either use how's that for a south side term no have managed to have managed to maintain just in their salary the inflation in the last 20 years i don't know of anybody if i uh the, the smart people who actually were invested you know in the markets if you didn't stick with the market and if you didn't have buy some type of real estate you got left behind so you had to Make to make up for 2008 recession. By the time it was 2012, 2014, you know you had to start getting in. If that was your chance again to catch up, to break even, to make money. But the people who didn't just got left behind. And unfortunately, people were so decimated by that recession that a lot of them had nothing left to play with when good times came around and you had the chance to recover. They didn't have the funds to invest. Well, you can't recover if you're broke. That's right. 
unless you like can find some place to borrow it, but that's hard to do. Only the big guys can borrow it. Jan, what do you yeah. think? I mean, you can only borrow if you don't need money. That's it. That, well, and, and I agree with, with Audrey. And the problem for people in the Chicago area was that if they could get back into the real estate market after you know 2007, 2008, they waited a long time to make a lot of their you know wealth back on it because values here drag behind the rest of the country. You could do a lot better elsewhere than you do in Chicago until about 2014 or 2015. And, you know, so people... You know that put a dent in their future, you know, plans, retirement dates, and everything else. And you know, it's it's picked up since then, of course. Um, but you know, Audrey, do you see the problem now? Is that somebody is trying to get into the market and cannot cannot afford to, or you know, can't afford the interest rates, so that the, making a breakthrough into the market is harder now than it was 15 years ago. Oh, it's 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 very difficult. But I, and I think, uh, to your point, the real estate market is harder than it was a year a year ago. Just think, it, yeah, like a year, year and a half, interest rates are three or four percent. Now you're looking at seven and a half. So what now? What you've done is, same people still want to get into the market, but you've taken the people that thought they could afford the five hundred thousand dollar house, which is not outside of the realm of the first-time buyer home, the way the prices are now. So a first-time entry home had gone from maybe a buck 80 to 250, and went from 250 to, to 350, and now, you know, you've seen kids buying their first home at four or 500. Well, now if they're getting squeezed out by the interest rate, the people who are buying the, let's say, 250 to 350 house now have the group coming down from the four to 600 that can't afford it. They're all trying to play the same sandbox. So that lower price house is getting squeezed as people from all levels are revising their expectations. What's a, what kind of a hit of any, are the, are the, are the taxes, and I don't really pay that much attention, are the taxes relentlessly going up or have they paused the last few years? Well, taxes are, are, go, are going up. Now our bills are not coming out, but if anybody, until uh, December 1st, I believe, uh, but I, the fact that you know mine go up, I would say six to eight. Well, I would say well four to six hundred every year lately. I have to have them appealed, uh, but it's still ridiculous prices. Which is one reason why oh, so many of my clients are leaving for other states, especially Indiana. You know the state the ta the tax there for actually one of one of our mutual friends for a home uh, a couple of blocks off Lake Michigan are literally a third of what I pay for um, my house here in Orland Park, and that just seems a little crazy. Yeah. I know it's probably not... You guys are somewhat okay because you at least got the... You still got the malls and everything helping out. Yeah, but they're, we're still getting, uh, you know, boosted from... And it, it's, it's really awful because most people now, to your point that you've talked about before, you're... you're mortgage bill is and tax bill are almost equal and that's where it gets people like all of a sudden they're like oh i can afford you know the 1100 dollars a month payment and then your taxes are you know eight ten twelve grand and you're tacking another 800 to a thousand a month and all of a sudden twenty five hundred dollars uh for your mortgage payment and most of it uh, half of its taxes almost so it's uh, very daunting to a lot of people 
Well, Greg uh, sent out a while back because he heard me opining one day that the last time I had heard the number, this is long before COVID, that when some when somebody when somebody shows up at a public school in Chicago uh, on the first day, a chunk of money follows the the kid to that school. That's why everybody's always trying to get people to show up on day one. Now it's a totally separate budget from the facilities budget, right, John? Uh, yeah. In uh, a so if a kid shows up, the last I heard from one of my, I haven't seen him in ages since before COVID, but he was a teacher in the city and he was a Northwestern guy, but he would tell me that 17,000, 17,500 essentially would follow you to whatever high school you showed up at. And it was slightly, le- I think slightly less for grammar schools, John, but it wasn't that much less. Well, that number, unbeknownst to me until Greg found it for me a couple of weeks ago, is now up to 29,000. It's up 40%. Yep since it started COVID. So when I, when I keep talking about this 40% inflation number, I'm not just some dummy from the woods here. I might be a dummy from the woods on some things, but not on this thing. Everywhere you look, the number is what, 35 to 40%, right, guys? Well, wherever it is, cars, you name it, taxes. Well, where the hell is the city getting that money? They're going to have to raise something. Now, they're going to raise taxes 40% on people that have gotten a 20% raise, and that's being generous. As the Irish say... At some point, you can't any more get any more blood out of the turnip, right, Jan or in Rodri? I mean, right. why? Well, you were telling me about some place where the uh, out by you that the, the taxes are like forty-five grand. Well, what's that all about? At a yard that I've on high-end houses, I've seen taxes uh, twenty-five to forty-five. I mean, you've got to be making some serious cash to be able to afford that, maintain the house, and buy it, and pay your taxes and actually furnish it and live in it. Well, it's not deductible at that level either, is it, with the, with the last tax law? That what? I thought with the last tax bill, over 30000 or something, it's not deductible. Is it 30, 35? Is, isn't it, isn't it not, not yeah, deductible? Yeah, there's a cap on it. I know it's like 12000 now, I think. Twelve. wow. Not a lot. Or it's either 10 or 12. It's not a lot in the scheme of things. Did that get repealed? I can't remember. But anyway, to your point, it's uh, it's you're going to break the backs of the people, and you know Illinois just they're just the judges not getting it. Well, and unfortunately, but to, you can't keep having people more and more people on unemployment. You can't keep giving people money for staying home, not working. You can't be taking in thousands of people from other countries and feeding them and housing them. It's all coming from us and. Everybody's just getting sick of it. And they're like, you know what? They're throwing up their hands and leaving. But there's this problem because a few can't support other people. I mean, you have to start drawing the line and saying somewhere politically uh, about you you can't pay people to do nothing. Well, you, you, can't. Can, you can to a certain level, then you can't have anymore. Well, it, well, you it doesn't matter. That yeah. certain level has evolved to what we have now, and it's unsustainable. And all you're doing is encouraging uneducated, unemployed people. You can't have people living in basements or, you know, if everybody gets everything for free, nothing has happened, and they actually become a serf, a servant class, depending on the dole. So how you create a slave system, basically, is just by controlling what people have. That's what it is, I think, no matter how you look at it. Well, somebody, a, it's like a, a, a giving a treat to you. Know, you're, to a dog, what you treat dog is expect this. Well, and, and we and we we're we're, we're remiss. Poorly really for me to be this aggravated. Yeah, it's aggravated. Uh, but uh, Janice, here's here's a job for Janet because he knows how to do all this stuff. 
John, there was a guy from the Washington Post, I'm going to say uh, five, six years ago, long before COVID, uh, did a lot of traveling around the country, and he uh, he called it the, uh, was it the, the Crescent? Or was it the Horseshoe, Horseshoe of Despair? And it really didn't have anything to do with Chicago's, some of Chicago's neighborhoods. It had to do with essentially West Virginia, south across Alabama and Mississippi, and up into Arkansas. And he went through all those states. And I, I don't think, if he didn't win a Pulitzer Prize, he sure as hell should have. It was one of those, you know, like five days in a row, like three three pages of the paper kind of thing. I wonder if you, I wonder if you could find that, because I, I, I keep trying to find it. I can't find it, but I bet you can. But it really had to, you you, you, you you pull it out of the Chicago area, and, 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 and it looks racial here. But this guy, this guy was anything about that. He was talking about in West Virginia. There's people that are in, in, in uh, you know, trailers. They get they get five checks from people that have never been out of the trailer, never other than to go to the store or buy beer. They never they never come out of there. They have they have welfare check, they have disability check. The kids. They claim well, that's I mean, the whole part that that all the whole coal mining collapse, the manufacturing collapse, and I've been through all those poor towns in Kentucky and Tennessee and the Virginias, and the poverty level there makes Chicago look like the land of rich people. Those people live in tin shacks on the side, and I'll tell you what, you don't have to go an hour south out of uh, South Bend, Indiana, oh, what, what to see yeah. unbelievable poverty. On, on these rural areas because there is there are simply the the jobs are the answer but I have to tell you I think you also have to start looking at how many people how many kids people have that they can't afford all you're doing is perpetuating enlarging an undereducated cl- uh, class of people who are able to support themselves and, t- and it becomes well, do you think there's any would... over the decades do you think there's a chance um, with a lot of the stuff that Kevin is... What, what if we had somebody who got back in the city and we actually ratcheted up these high schools to be in a lot of vocational stuff and a lot of everything else and actually taught some of this stuff and, and left them open at night? Now, of course, I don't ever want to have an idea and say everybody else should pay for it. That's not my, my shtick. I would try it for four years, I'd pick a school, pick two schools, where the school was open at night for adult education in the neighborhood and I would give it a shot, Jan and Audrey, and, and see at the end of four years if I was all wet or not. And if I was, it's one or two schools. Who cares in the big in the big scheme of things? I have a feeling we we could turn this bus around if we tried. Well, the thing is, you have to have an incentive. But to your point, I was a public school brat in the city. You know, I grew up. We didn't have a lot of money. I went to public grammar school, public high school, and I got a pretty good education. I actually got into every college I applied to, but the point to your point, the high school, the Chicago public high schools at that time, and I don't know what they do now, don't have kids in school, don't know, but you were tested when you went in, and at the time there was an essential, regular, basic honors advanced placement. They separated the kids according to their abilities, how they tested, and it's not bad or uh, stereotyping people, what it did was give kids a chance to learn at their rate. And then what they were constantly, they were tested, we were all tested a couple of times a year, what I remember, and 
say you did great, then you were able to move to the next uh, level up. If you did poorly, you got bounced out. So you had to master basic concepts. But this way, nobody was left behind because the teachers were teaching to a certain level. And they also had shop, uh, what they called shop back then. So guys learned carpentry school. Back then, it was like the girls had like home ec and all that stuff, which I hated. I wanted to be, you know, learn how to cut wood with the guys. They wouldn't let me. So, but the point is you had, at that time, you learned how to type. There was a shorthand back then. Now it's computers, it's different. But still, you had the ability and these classes were offered. So if you were not on a college track, which they had, then you could say, you could go to auto repair. You know, the girls would like, okay, you are learning to type and you could be a court reporter and, you know, make a hundred grand a year. So you were channeled into skill sets that would, hey, I'm glad I took typing because typing is one thing but no, this that one, you this, could always use. This goes back um, further, though, than I think you're, you're putting. When I, was, when I was at Pullman and the... Well, let the, me finish yeah. one thing and then go ahead. Yeah. The high school's... My high school was open at night for adult education. Really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. I mean, there were classes till 8 or 9 o'clock at night. You would go by, and they had adults in there. And there were there was woodworking. There was auto shop. And this was all in a public high school. So uh, what so, they've done with yeah, all of that why, stuff, why, what, how I have we, no how idea. We, how do we lose all this stuff? Well, when I, I was at Pullman in 78, 79, uh, maybe, maybe in parts of 80, uh, Jan, it used to be that for, to get a job at Pullman, as you know, as a real job, not just you know cleaning up the place. You were supposed to be able to read a drawing, and I'm going to say, well, I didn't right. anybody who wanted to, but I went to Kelly High School. All you had to do was take one mechanical drawing class or something, something, and people could read a drawing. I never, I never had that at, at Maris, and I was always pissed off that I couldn't couldn't read a drawing when all these guys would show it to me, and I'd be a head bobber. Oh yeah, I, I understand what you're doing. I had no idea what they were talking about, but I was a pretty good faker. But by the time I left Pullman, guess what the test was for somebody being hired? Going from having to be able to read a drawing on your own, guess what the test had dropped down to? I don't know. Uh, Ready to guess that. They had a big, a big uh, whiteboard with a bunch of uh, tools like stapled to it. And if you could identify a screwdriver, a pair of pliers, a drill, you got hired. That's ridiculous. See, but, the but, problem but they, with the they, entire society and the education system is lowered expectations. But they, People but they will live a, down to your expectations or up. But so Pullman had a big training. Dumbing down the world. Pullman had a big training program, though. So within six months, you you could be a welder because they would train you. So it was even if you, at least if you knew what the what a, what a screwdriver was, it put if they they still weren't afraid to fire you after a month if you didn't learn anything but they would actually hire you but they had a training program a lot of people complaining well and I don't blame them complaining now about not being able to hire somebody they can't hire somebody who who's competent to the level they want but they really don't have a training program i spent a lot of time yesterday talking to my nephew they're at like wits end trying to hire a an inspector because they they keep giving guys a test for inspectors and nobody passes so they're going to have to hire somebody, and hopefully the guy learns on a job, or they, or they train him. But uh, it's not like you can just go out and put a sign up. And Mayor Daly asked me that once in the club. He goes, <clears throat> "What a time if, if you want, if we gave a real car contract to somebody here in the city, how long would it take?" I go, "Mayor, if you gave me that job, and I, I could hire some of the guys from Pullman at the time, we're still alive. We're two years away. We're not even close." 
We maybe could do a bus rehab contract in the meantime to get warmed up. But I, you think I'm going to put up an ad in the paper? We talk about showing my age. You know, I, I need uh, ten tool and die makers and, and five jig and fixture guys. Nobody even know what I was talking about. What if what, what if I put an ad out tomorrow for ten mechanical engineer uh, manufacturing engineers? John, does any how many people that are listening to the show even know what a manufacturing engineer is? The, the, the scandal here, Tom, and that's exactly what Audrey is saying too, is that if you're spending twenty nine thousand dollars per student and you still don't have a student who's proficient in anything close to grade level in math or reading, there's no way these people are going to come out of any school in Chicago and be able to read an instruction manual or even a syllabus for an adult education course, exactly let alone right. perform well in that class. Anything that requires reading or calculation or observation and measurement, the things that you know you, you get or you don't get in the school system um, is just beyond so many people who are competing for jobs now. And of course, what kind of jobs are these people qualified to do? Really? Well, people I mean, don't I, even, they're not even teaching gram, basic grammar because even uh, in my real estate, you know, we have our websites and we get out in the morning and you look for your house for your person, whatever, but every agent writes up uh, a description of the house that it could be six, eight, ten lines long. I cannot tell you how it makes me crazy when I look at people that with and there's spell check now, so there's no excuse. But the bad grammar, the you don't know know the difference between S T E E L and S T E A L. The house is made of S T E A L. Oh my God! Or it, you know, uh, the contraction it's misused all the time. It is, you know, it's. Uh, I, there, there's no attention at all. So what? The teachers must be so ill-informed, and I'd love to hear what they're what they're teaching now. It'd be interesting, maybe, to have somebody on. And say, is there is grammar and spelling? I, it seems like it's not even a necessity anymore, and it's very sad. People are so used to talking now in um, emojis and symbols that the whole you know we're just becoming idiots. Well, we had a uh, Jan. We. Um, I'd fleece me for dinner Saturday night at uh, this uh, nice Irish place where we got to watch, the, guess what was on TV, the Irish game. Uh, and the, the lady who was a bartender, we hung in there for a little bit, hung with her. And uh, what was she saying? Uh, that uh, her sister or somebody is a teacher, you, can't, you absolutely cannot flunk anybody no matter what. Yeah. She was, by the way, an incredibly intelligent, yeah. articulated young person, so she did give me hope for the world. Yeah. And there are a lot of, I have a lot of, there's are an incredible amount of smart, but they're coming from smart, articulate parents. And the part of this, too, the parents have fallen down on the job. Mm. You used to want better for your kid. Now it doesn't seem like they push their kids to achieve or do anything. You wanted better for your children and your grandchildren. And you just don't see that happening now. I don't see that question. Like, what, what are my, how are my kids going to live if they don't know something? Well, anyway, I thank you. So um, next, next week or next time you're on, let's talk a little bit about. Is it possible for Chicago to come back without using the, the the transportation system that only a few places in the world have? If we give up on that and move other places and put like you know, they're, they're talking about putting residential people downtown. Good lord, with that! I mean, I, I can't even imagine they're going down that road. But next, let's save that one for next time. Right now, we're rallying. SP Futures up twenty three. Nancy Futures up fifty three. We could use a rally, couldn't we, guys? Shouldn't we, guys? John, thank you. Odd as usual, thank you. Matt, good job. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. 
Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. A bottle of your best champagne and put it on my bill. Very well, sir. Captain, please. Oh, please, monsieur. It is a little game we play. They put it on the bill. I tear up the bill. It is very convenient.